tell your neighbors, tell all your friends. It's the answers you need to know. It's the Wyatt Sharp Show. You're tuned into the Wyatt Sharp Show. Join 12-year-old host, Wyatt Sharp, each week as he interviews a Canadian politician to discuss the economy, climate change and politics. Here's your host, Wyatt Sharp. Hello everyone and welcome back to the podcast. Today we have an exciting panel discussion. Uh, on the panel we have PCMPP and Parliamentary Assistant to the Minister of Colleges and Universities, David Puccini. Uh, NDP MPP and Critics for Health, and also Judy Nass, Liberal MPP Michael Koto, as well as Green Party MPP and leader of the Green Party of Ontario, Mike Schweiner. Uh, hello to all of you and thank you for being here today. Uh, pleasure to join you, Wyatt. That's nice Wyatt. to talk to yeah, you. Yeah, my pleasure. So uh, the first question I have uh, is to all of the opposition MPPs, starting with you, Frost. Uh, so what is the biggest thing that the Ford government could have done differently and that an NDP government would have done differently um, in terms of the vaccine rollout? So the first thing is that you want to protect people. And the way to protect people is to help them follow public health. So wear a mask, stay two meters apart, and wash your hands. Uh, but for a lot of workers, they are not able to stay two meters apart. They are not able to follow public health guidance. They are essential workers, they need to go to work. And a lot of those workers will go to work even if they feel sick because they don't have paid sick days. So we would have prevented a whole bunch of people from getting sick by making sure that people have access to paid sick days. When it comes to um, the vaccine, the we have, expert in the delivery of vaccines through public health. So when the premier announced on December 12th that he was putting a task force together to roll out the vaccine, our first shipment arrived a few days later on December 19th. Um, why not put this panel together in June and give it to the expert in vaccine distribution, which is public health? put this panel together in June, let them work. We knew a year ago, 13 months ago, we knew that Moderna was coming out with a vaccine. We knew that was the light at the end of the tunnel. So this wait for a plan uh, that we knew we would need um, has cost a lot of lives and lots of sickness and health resources. And same thing, we knew we would need some kind of a phone system, some kind of an internet system to book. Why ask to do those things in March? Why not start working on them in June, July, August, September, October to make sure that when the vaccine did come up, we had a portal that we could use and many, uh, and we had people already hired and trained to answer the phone. So lots could have been done a little bit long, but I could go on. Okay, and then Mike, I'll give you the same question. Which one? Yeah, so, oh yeah, which one? What would our yeah, Green Party government have done differently to- uh... Which Michael? Oh, sorry. I, oh yeah, sorry, Mike Schweiner. 
Okay, great. Thanks, Wyatt. So I think the biggest thing is is start planning sooner. Uh, as uh, MPP Jill and I said, you know, the task force was announced just a few days before vaccines started arriving. I can tell you my uh, local public health officer started working on an online booking portal, for example, back in October, which was one of the reasons Wellington Dufferin Guelph Public Health was able to start uh, booking vaccinations um, sooner than the provincial portal was ready. And so because we weren't ready in time, we've been playing catch up ever, ever since then. Uh, and so I think the government made the right decision in terms of targeting long-term care initially, because that's where most of the outbreaks have happened. Tragically, that's where most of the deaths have happened. Where I think the government faltered was, is after we were finished with long-term care, not pivoting quick enough to focusing in on essential workers and high-risk workplaces. The announcement today is good that the government is starting to pivot there, but we know that's where most of the outbreaks are. And so it's my opinion, and this is backed up by what the health uh, officials are saying is, we have to take the vaccines to those vulnerable workers in high-risk workplaces, whether that's mobile vaccine clinics, et cetera, to make sure we get shots in the arms of the most high-risk people. We also need to make sure we keep those workplaces safe by giving those workers paid time off to get vaccinated, making sure they have paid sick days, mandating medical grade PPE uh, in places where it's hard to, to physically distance. Um, and so uh, to me, that's where the government is, is faltered, is not getting it to the right places in time. And then the final one is, is we do have a shortage of supply and we definitely need the federal government to get more vaccines into Ontario. But when those vaccines arrive, we've got to get them into arms faster. Uh, and in particular, we're seeing uh, places, especially with AstraZeneca vaccine, where you have a lot of vaccine that's there, but it's not getting in, into, into arms. And so we need to do a better job of quickly getting those shots into arms as fast as possible. Because the one thing we've learned with this virus is that you've got to be on offense, not on defense. And you've got to stay ahead of the virus. And that's why acting quickly is so important. Okay, and uh, Michael Koto, I'll give the same question to you as well. Yeah, thank you so much. And thanks for the opportunity to, to join you today. Um, I think right from the very beginning of this pandemic, uh, it was clear that uh, the Ford government did not have a plan. Um, I think that if they actually developed a plan and they were transparent about that plan, and they actually listened to experts, we'd be in a very different place. Um, the fact that Ontario today is, uh, I think, around seventh in uh, in deployment and uh, in the mitigation of, uh, of spread um, is just unacceptable. Um, right from the beginning, um, you got a government that wasn't sure of which direction it was going to go in, and uh, it constantly kept changing its mind. Um, we didn't. We don't. We still don't know if they were listening to experts or these were political decisions that were being made. And um, you know, I can I can go through a dozen different examples of um, of systems that they could have had in place uh, to to help mitigate uh, spread and uh, deploy vaccinations uh, quicker. Um, so I think that the lack of a, of a plan, uh, the lack of clarity, and uh, the lack of transparency have played a uh, such a horrible uh, role in uh, in the deployment of vaccination and testing, and uh, Ontarians are paying the price for it. 
Okay, and David, I'll uh, ask my next question to you. What is your reaction when hearing um, other opposition MPPs um, blame your government uh, for not putting uh, vaccines into people's arms quicker? Well, first and foremost, I, Wyatt, I mean, we're all here to elected by the people in our communities to advocate for them and to offer ideas. So I don't for one second beget my colleagues here for, for holding the government to account or for uh, saying what they've said. I mean, I think in some respects why it misses the mark, but, um, but you know, I respect that they've got to do their job just as we have, have to do ours. And, and, you know, I know Michael's been on, been in government and understands, you know, he's now been outside of government. So understands it slightly different on, depending on where you are. But again, uh, what, what I would say why it is, is that from day one, uh, the government hasn't wavered in, in acting decisively. I mean, these restrictions that come in place a uh, number of measures that the premier announced uh, impact lives, and it's been it's been very difficult. Um, when you look to the numbers and look uh, to 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 spread, and you look to the challenge that we faced, I think first and foremost, if we look back, um, you know, stricter border measures and had we vaccinated uh, Canadians earlier on would have helped because provinces across this nation are dealing with the same challenges. Ontario is not unique in the challenges we're grappling with. What, what's unique in Ontario is that we are the largest province. We have, uh, you know, we, we don't, we're not an island. We have, we have borders with the states. And, uh, and so, so it has been challenging from the perspective of hotspots like GTA. Now to act against that, you know, we've constantly listened to the advice of our healthcare professionals. Um, we've got more jabs in arms than anywhere else in Canada right now. And the, the supply chain does, does challenge. Like for, for example, Moderna, the, which we were supposed to receive the week of March 22nd, we received 30%. We didn't receive the remaining till Easter. And then what we're told now is what we were supposed to receive 500,000 doses on the 19th, which was delayed to the 29th, is now pushed back into uh, into May. So when we look to this notion, um, you know, you heard some of my colleagues here mention about uh, getting vaccines in faster. It reflects really a, a misunderstanding of, of the logistical nature on how we work with our PHUs. Our PHUs are on the front lines of distribution. Our pharmacies play an important role in that. Uh, the most successful flu vaccine was in Canadian history was done leaning on existing supply chains and pharmacies. So the peaks and valleys of the of delivery really pose a challenge. But you know, throughout this all, we were left with very beleaguered health infrastructure. And honestly, why every day I'm reminded of of really how stark this was. We had dilapidated long-term care infrastructure. We had underfunded hospitals, you know, in our community, uh, NHH, uh, Lake Ridge, Campbellford, for example, in our own neck of the woods, they were historically underfunded. Don't take my word for it. Speak to the local CEO. I know you, you're familiar with the players. Um, the, the previous liberal government left them in, in a dire strait. Campbellford is a great example. So addressing that uh, prior to COVID, addressing it with Ontario health teams helped pre-position us. Bringing on a standalone nursing in Durham College and Fleming has enabled us to get nurses in the workforce faster. Again, something the previous government could have done, but didn't. But again, I mean, I don't want to point fingers. Like I think there was 15 years of, of mistakes that we could have addressed, but it did leave Ontario in a very difficult position. But we were proactive, long-term care, staffing, four hours of direct care, which will make us a leader. Um, but it, it is very difficult, Wyatt, the population-based measures we've had to make, 
um, have to be coupled with case-based management. That's quick contact tracing, deployment of rapid tests. With 34 public health units, that's a challenge across Ontario, but we're working closely with all of them. And, and really thanks to the folks on the front line, um, you know, Ontario, again, these are, you know, you never want to compare morbid stats against one another, but we do have the lowest case among, among young people. And that didn't just get there. That's there because of decisive action we've taken. But make no mistake, this is very difficult, these measures we've taken. Um, and, and I think, you know, can we, can we do more? Or should we always strive to do more? Yes. And we're open to suggestions and we'll always uh, continue to work hard. But the government's been very decisive uh, from day one and, um, you know, and we'll continue to be decisive in our decision making. Okay, David, and I have one more question for you. Um, it was meant to be a panel strictly on vaccines, but obviously with today's announcement of uh, more restrictions, um, can you speak to some of the new restrictions and speak to some people who are concerned about some of the mental health impacts as well as small business owners and people who will be impacted by uh, these new restrictions? Yeah, so right now, I mean, it, the, the announcements that the Premier's made has focused on really asking, imploring people to limit mobility. Uh, it really, it's the mobility that's uh, causing the spread we're seeing in a variety of settings. So first and foremost, outdoor gatherings restricted to only those in your, in your family. Um, we've, uh, we've limited now outdoor recreational activities, uh, which is very difficult. I know, um, you know, for many uh, getting out uh, to get exercise, that's still okay. But the gatherings that we're seeing in large numbers on parks, specifically when I was leaving Toronto yesterday, I saw packed basketball courts, packed parks without, um, you know, the distancing. And I understand, you know, people want to get out, uh, but, but, I implore people to follow public health guidelines, wearing masks and physical social distancing, physical distancing, um, closing of non-essential construction, Wyatt as well. That was another um, measure that the premier announced in addition to giving our police uh, greater tools for enforcement, you know, in community like ours, uh, Wyatt, when you think to Brighton and other areas, people descending on the park in uh in in on weekends you know though they have been closed that's been very difficult and i've received call calls from a lot of locals uh, so that's been a difficult measure um but again you know the these are we have among the the restrictest measures in north america and they do come at a price which is why you know we've had to make investments in our small businesses through the ontario small business support grant um invested in our hospitals long-term care homes i mean Driving around our community, you see Pleasant Meadow uh, Manor, you see um, in new affordable housing in Newcastle, uh, you know, expansion uh, and redevelopment talks in Campbellford, um, new long-term care in Port Hope and Coburg. I mean, all of these shovels in ground are going to pay dividends um, and started before COVID, but they take time. And uh, so, you know, we've got a lot more work to do, but uh, these measures are very difficult. And we're also calling on the federal government uh, to not ease restrictions on travelers coming in from Brazil, but tighten restrictions at the border and ramp up uh, distribution of the COVID vaccine into the province of Ontario. The instability in supply has been very difficult. Okay, and uh, Michael Cotto, I'll ask my next uh, question to you. So do you believe that the restrictions that were announced today are enough? And um, do you believe that it will be enough to lower cases and uh, not get to the worst case scenario in some of the most recent projections, which some saying we could even reach 20,000 cases a day? Yeah, and um, so, you know, everything David just said, you know, it may sound, uh, it may sound like it's, uh, 
you know, uh, everything's rosy. But the fact is, is that, you know, we're uh, in a province today uh, and because of mismanagement, um, uh, we have a government that's led this uh, province down a pathway where we're not only seeing, um, you know, health concerns uh, with uh, the spread of COVID, but there will be an economic impact on, on an educational impact. It'll impact many other sectors. I think that the, uh, the restrictions uh, that we have today are a result of the mismanagement of the Ford government over the last year. It's a government that just really couldn't make up its mind, um, didn't understand its responsibilities and its duties as government. In fact, I would say that uh, the, the expertise that, and, and information that was coming into the government uh, was, not, uh, was not taken seriously. And we saw a couple of days ago a report that came out uh, that clearly suggested that decisions that were being made were political decisions. Um, so um, we have a government today that is, uh, is scrambling. Uh, they don't know, uh, you know if they're coming or going. And again, back to my main point, right from the beginning, um, they've had no plan. It's not been based on research and the decisions that they've made have been, uh, have been based on ideology. And one of the great examples of that is in long-term care and our senior homes where, you know, they wouldn't spend the money. In fact, um, you know, my colleague, John Frazier brought up a, a point in, uh, uh, during question period that, you know, the Ford government spent more on security in residential, uh, sorry, in, uh, in long-term care on security guards than they did in personal support workers. Um, so that's the government we have in power. I know that if it was a liberal government in power, I believe we'd be in a very different place, but this is a government today that's locked into ideology that believes in doing things based on uh, based on cost and not based on research. And, and really at the end of the day, it's become a very political uh, decision-making process for this government. David, I'll give you the opportunity. Yeah, quickly address a few things there. Look, I mean, I, I don't wanna, you know, play, get involved in politics on this. And I, I really wanna be forward-looking. But Wyatt, when we, when we formed government, Wyatt, we decided rather than, you know, I mean, you know, Clark High School, it's right around the corner from you, rather than deciding to close schools in rural Ontario, rather than shutting down, closing the doors for educational opportunities for our youth, we opened those doors. We've expanded daycare spaces in schools. We've invested in our schools, invested in new and modern- It's sim simply not true. It's in simply not true. Well, I didn't- You know, you're, you're, you're a government that, that cut after school programs, you're a government that cut nutrition programs. Government that cut childcare. So I, I don't think it's uh, it's fair what you're saying. I I didn't interrupt you. Just let me finish. They get very the you know my my parents uh, said uh, a saying um, you know the girl the, the the gentleman doth protest a little much. I think he gets sensitive because you should just you should just be honest with people though, especially especially you know people in your own community when you're talking about things you've done. It's simply not true. The largest single cut from the Ford government has been towards children. So please don't don't, don't say, say that. that to the Norwood students that were worried about closure, but now they've got 39 new daycare spaces in there. Say that to the, the after school programs that have been cut in my community and across the province. Say that to hey, gentlemen, here, gentlemen, David. hey gentlemen, let's let's show Wyatt some respect here and let him let him ask questions and let us answer them, please. Just finished. So I'll just close on long term care and hospital, Wyatt. So for long term care investments after 
you know, the dilapidated 50s, 60s infrastructure we saw in this province, we now see, as I said, in Newcastle, new builds, Golden Plough, in Coburg, new builds. And th this isn't platitudes. I'm giving you tangible examples that, you know, when, when it's safe to do so, you and I can do a drive-by and we can see these brand new builds. We've committed to four hours of direct care for long-term care, and we can't click our heels together and get them. It requires training, so we launched standalone nursing for example, free PSW courses to get new PSWs into the system. And we're continuing to address the historical underfunding, the historical neglect that we've inherited. So we'll continue to make those investments going forward, acting decisively, uh, investing in built-in Ontario solutions, like in Bowmanville, the masks that we're, we're building, our self-reliance on our ingenuity, on manufacturing that once fleed this province, which is now you know, growing here in, in Ontario, and we see it throughout our community. So I think we'll continue to make those strategic proactive decisions as we go forward, and ultimately we'll all benefit in our community as a result here in rural Ontario. Okay, well, um, that was my final question. We're um, almost near our uh, ending time. So thank you again, everyone, for uh, making the time. And uh, it's been great talking with all of you. Thanks thank you so much. You, you take care, Wyatt. Be safe. Have a great work. Bye now.